Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us in the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, and conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Jamila Gamble. She is the founder of Slay the Mic program and a speaking coach. She helps people transform their voice into their ultimate superpower. She's a media personality who is on a mission to help people build their confidence and amplify their voice. And from the boardroom, school auditoriums, to your event with a thousand plus people, Jamila inspires people of all ages to not only love the sound of their voice and inspire the world with their ideas, but for everyone to communicate more meaningfully with one another. And her background in special education and her love of sharing people's stories led her to accidentally pitch her own television show, A Voice for All, on Rogers TV. So please welcome to the show, Jamila. Oh, you read my bio so nice. I should have saved this recording for future opportunities. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I got you. I'm in coach you. mode. Can you tell? <laughs> It's funny you say that because I did a post on Facebook recently and I was like, I paid a coach to yell at me for 90 minutes. Well, it's not what I paid for, but it's what I got. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> you well, you know, it like... came from a place of love, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you for agreeing me. to come on. <laughs> yeah, of course. I had to. <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. So, I mean, before I jump into your story, I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by, but a title that I I believe is not given enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. So I would love to know, Jamila, do you know what your name means? I I do. Lots of men love to use it as a pickup line. Mm. Yes. Yes. So one time, like I was in a casino, the one time I go to the casino and I don't know why I told this man my name. Oh, actually, I didn't. He told me I'm beautiful. I go, that's what my name means. He goes, oh, really? You know, uh, in my language. I go, I know what it means. And you're like, that's my mother. <laughs> and she also put Ja in the beginning. So there's God. So basically, mm. I'm a beautiful goddess. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. So every time someone says your name, they're declaring that you are beautiful. I know. I appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I was younger, my parents actually told me that Mikini meant beautiful one. And I believe them. So every time someone asked me, and, you know, what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, it means beautiful. You know, it would gas my head a little bit. But then as I got older and I started to dig deeper and discovered that it was actually Swahili for strength of character. So, oh. I mean. I mean, that's effective too. Right. Well, I prefer the strength of character one, you know. But um, yes, so I guess at some point our names had the same meaning. <laughs> I, I you know what? Let's just. I, I I'm just gonna remix my name from like beautiful, wise, ever talking goddess. You know. Yes. Yes. 
I love it. I God's love okay it. with it. We talked about it. He's cool. He's cool. Right? <laughs> Those conversations with God, I absolutely love. So tell mm-hmm. me, Jamila, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Lord. <laughs> um, <laughs> several things. Several things. Um, there was a point when I wanted to be an actress, I think. Um, and then I remember sketching a lot um, in my notebooks and making like outfits. So I think at one point I wanted to be a fashion designer. And then that changed. Um, and then I, basically I was that kid who was just really confused. I knew I liked several things. I knew I had multiple interests. But looking back on it, I remember I had the early signs of being a businesswoman because mm-hmm. I had like this little VTech computer. If you remember those little VTech ones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you do little spelling activities on it or whatever. But I used to take my little VTech computer and go in our storage room and I'd flip over the laundry basket and treat it like my desk. And then my VTech computer would be on top. And then I guess this is where my complex of being like a black woman began too, because I would take a towel and make it look like my long hair. Mm. Right. So there was all these little interesting things I did as a kid, but only until I got into high school. Um, TLC used to be a channel that I admired. What they're doing now, I don't know. It's a hot mess. <laughs> but when I was in high school, um, every time they came out with a new show, I wanted to be that. So I wanted to be a, a maternity wife. Then I wanted to be an interior decorator. Then CSI came out and I wanted to be a forensic scientist. But then when The Apprentice came out, I remember seeing Omarosa and mm. I wanted to be an Omarosa. I wanted to be this unapologetic, fierce businesswoman. And my mom was crushed. So to really think back on what I wanted to be, I couldn't pinpoint it. I had multiple interests, which really describes the personality I have today. Okay. Okay. So speaking of personality, I remember the very first time that I saw you on stage. (laughs) It was in, I think it was back in like 2013. And you were, I don't remember if you were the host or you were just the guest speaker, but I saw you on stage and your personality, I was like, I like her. I like her. I think I need her in my circle. And I have watched you completely like evolve. And now you have this amazing brand. And I would love if you could just share with us, what was the intention when you began Slay the Mic? Mm, These are good questions, by the way. I feel like I'm lying on a couch right now with a blanket. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. The intention was for people to just feel comfortable on stage because everything I do, I do it impulsively. I'm not a, a big planner. I don't strategize. I strategize in my head. I execute. If it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, okay, I'll try again. Mm-hmm. And so people kept asking me um, after I got off the stage or they saw me do an event, how do you do that? Like, how do you just get into character and do your thing? And to me, it came naturally because I was always the kid who talked a lot. I got into a lot of trouble for talking. Um, my teacher saw it as a problem. My mom saw it as a problem. Everybody saw it as a problem. And it wasn't something I could shake off. Like I didn't ask to be a talker. I know it's genetic because my dad's the exact same way. So I didn't ask to be like this. I just was like this. And then I found out when you know more people are asking me, how do I do this? This must be something that people must be struggling with. Because to me, I didn't realize that people were uncomfortable with speaking in front of large groups or just Mm -hmm. anybody for that. So when I heard that question being repeatedly asked one morning over like our cup of coffee, I told my husband, like, you know, people always ask me like, how do I do what I do? And 
I don't even know what I do, but if I figured out what I did, what about if I started a program or something where I help people? And he's like, babe, you could do anything. I'm like, you're right, I can. And then I launched <laughs> it. <laughs> and that's how it happened. So my whole goal from the jump was just for people to be able to go on stage or in front of their team, whoever, say what they mean and walk off that stage feeling like a million bucks. And I'm proud to say that I've helped so many people reach that feeling like four years later. I mean, as you even say, you're proud to help, you know, people reach that feeling. I got goosebumps instantly as you said that, because the day that we had, or the day that I had the coaching call with you, a couple mm -hmm. hours later, I was scheduled to be on, uh, as a guest speaker on someone else's virtual session. And mm -hmm. the confidence that you gave me after that <laughs> one session with you, I thought, wow, okay, wh where, where was this the entire time? But my level of energy and confidence after our session, like I went and I got, you know, I did my face, I did my hair, I did a IG story video, and then I jumped yeah, you on went that off. call. Girl, <laughs> I jumped on that call and I felt like I was on fire. My confidence was on a thousand that day. And because my confidence was on a thousand that day, I was able to speak truthfully and honestly and authentically. And like I gained, I don't know, I think it was like 300 and change followers on Instagram yep. in 24 hours and yep. clients and they went and bought my books. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, yeah. But that's what I mean when I say your voice is your superpower. People like, don't get it twisted. This is not some fluffy tagline. You know, this is, mm -hmm. this is, this is real talk. When I say your voice is your ultimate superpower, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are a healer, whether you are an educator, whether you are a parent, whatever your role is, you could arm yourself with every tool to be successful. You can have all the tech, you can have all the branding, you can have all the perfect photos, but if you don't have your voice and if you're not using your voice to its full potential, you're not really tapping into that area that helps you have those types of like breakthroughs you experienced when you went and spoke to that group. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter. You can have all the ideas, but if you can't convey them properly, if you can't tell a story properly, if you claim to be someone who's a healer, but you don't know how to use reassuring words, mm -hmm. I mean, come on now, your voice is yours. You don't have to pay a monthly subscription. You don't have to go mm -hmm. buy a new version every year. Like it's an Apple product. It's mm -hmm. there. It's yours. You are responsible for it to be built up because when you believe in it and you tap into it, you're strengthening it. And I think if more people realize that, that they're sitting like on <laughs> like this hidden gem that is like the key to so many things, I think we would see way more people launching things and speaking their truth without worrying about it. Absolutely. And I mean, I think about, okay, I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, but the way that you helped me to strengthen my voice that day, and I'm thinking like you, when you told your story just now, you talked about, you've always been a talker. You've always been comfortable with the impromptu and, and that's your personality. So someone mm -hmm. on the flip side, like myself, who is more introverted and, you know, you yelled at me and told me to drop the humble pie because I was one of those people who would be terrified to stand in front of a group of people and speak, even though I do that now, but it still gives me some form of anxiety. But you were able mm -hmm. to strengthen my confidence in using and amplifying my own voice in that moment to like, pff, girl, 
when I tell you the levels <laughs> that I was on that day, like I'm feeling it because you know what? Even even one of our mutual friends messaged me later, and she goes, "Um, did you just have your session with McKinney?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Cause she's going off." I was like, I know. "Yep." I was like, "Real, let me go see." Yeah. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So I want you to tell people what happens when you learn to trust your voice and use it unapologetically. You go to sleep and you sleep a full eight hours. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's the takeaway quote from this entire podcast. You go to sleep. Okay. Because I used to be that person and I still envy my husband for having this gift of like saying goodnight. And then he just goes to bed. I'm like, don't you guys things to think about? Don't you have conversations to replay in your head? Mm. Like, come on. <laughs> how do you just drop asleep like that? And so I used to be the person, doesn't matter how um, extroverted and the slayer of the mic I am, there were many times um, where I replayed conversations over and over again in my head. And I replayed scenarios and how I could have, you know, produ- um, presented myself and how I could have said this differently. And why did the person's face look like that when I said this? And it, it would rob me of my precious sleep. Mm. And the minute I started to like trust my voice and really adopt the model, I said what I said, the end period, no sequel. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm able to say goodnight to my husband and then roll over and then go to sleep. And then I what? wake up in the morning. I'm like, all right, it's a new day. Because those thoughts were robbing me of my energy mm-hmm. and were um, forcing me to second guess what I was saying, especially when it came to um, expressing my feelings, I realized that I'm in this business and I'm encouraging my clients to speak their truths, but I'm not speaking my own truths. Mm. And when I started to really accept the advice that I was giving others, I noticed a complete transformation in how I slept and how I walked in the world and how I presented myself and how I negotiated. And I felt that for the first time, I was really owning up to the word unapologetic and owning my voice. Mm-hmm. And to some people, I came across as arrogant. And um, when I say people, I mean my mom. Mom, mom, <laughs> yes, mom, too. Sorry, my I mother <laughs> would say, well, good, good. She needs to hear someone else laugh. I don't know if she's going to you know, catch this this episode. I might not share it with her. But <laughs> she would be like, oh, you're so arrogant. I go, if being, ar- if, if speaking your truth and owning your voice and, and telling people what you are willing to accept and not willing to accept is arrogance and jack me up. I'm gonna keep getting more arrogant because this mm. is not going away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not stopping. So that's what if it's, it's not necessarily owning, it's feeling it. And owning it is when you're able to feel that you don't feel any ways about what you said. You feel sure you feel solid. You feel completely like connected to whatever it is that you release and you could sleep peacefully at night. Like you said, I said what I said. End of period. Mike drop. The end. No sequel. No follow up. No part two. No, I'm not going to say it again. No transcripts. Okay. I said it one time. I love it. One time. I love Snapchat. It. It's a Snapchat. Okay. It's gone. 15 seconds. Done. 15 seconds. Gone. <laughs> okay. So what inspires you the, the most about what you do? Oh. I'm not a mother, but I imagine the joy I feel when I see my clients or my mic slayers, as I call them, when I see them just overcoming that hurdle 
or finally sharing that story or when they send me like an, a voice notes and they're like, jam, jam, jam. I, I was at work today. And then, and you hear like, you hear like the panic in your voice, right? Because they can't believe that they actually did it. They're like, jam, I was at work. And then, you know, my coworker, you know, that one I told you about, right? Who's like, can you do this for me? And normally I'm like, okay, girl, no problem. I'll do it. And then I was like, no, I can't do it. Cause I got a date tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. I, said that, jam. I, did. I was like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> Claim that, you know? So it's not just, I, I delivered my first keynote. It's not just, oh, I, you know, accepted an offer and I told my story. It's little things that make a big impact. I told somebody, no, I told somebody, I don't appreciate that. I spoke up at work and I shared my idea. I put my hand up for that job uh, opportunity. And those are the moments that when people experience them, they're like, I can't go for anything because once upon a time, they didn't think they could. So when I hear those moments, like there are days that my imposter tries to show up and shake mm. me a little bit. And then I mm -hmm. have to go back to those stories and go, wait a second, you've been doing this. Right. Stop you it. have receipts. I got, I got receipts. I got the whole cash <laughs> register. You know what I mean? Yes. I have it all. So I, I my inventory is full. So I'm, I go back and I check those moments. And, and that's what really just makes me so proud that I started something and I didn't think about how it was going to grow. My focus was always the impact it was going to have. Right. So to see the impact and also the growth continues to blow my mind. You know, even as you say that, if I think about my key takeaways from my 90 minutes with you, that I keep playing in my head to keep my confidence level up with using my voice, where you said to me, you are making an impact, you have receipts, drop the humble pie and use your voice. <laughs> You're full. You're full. Uh, yeah. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> so that yeah. keeps me on high. That keeps my confidence level on high, knowing that, you know, I am making an impact. I have receipts and I need to drop the humble pie mm -hmm. and use my voice. So what mm -hmm. advice would you give to another woman who is afraid to use her voice in general? I ask people, what's the worst that happened that will happen when you, when you use your voice and people will say, well, no one's going to hear me or people might get upset or I might make people uncomfortable or I might stutter or mumble over my words or they have a list. The list mm -hmm. just is, is, is going one, two, three, four. I go, okay, okay, okay. Enough. Now tell me what's the best thing that could happen when you end up using your voice and saying what you need to say. And they're like, I feel proud of myself. I got that job. I secured that deal. I made that connection. I made that breakthrough. And I go, so which list is better? Then that's mm. the list you go with. Right. Because if you keep operating in a space of what's the worst that can happen, you're essentially telling all the blessings that are locked, loaded, and ready to go and come your way. That like, you know what? I see you blessings. I see you. I do. But I don't want you right now. Mm. Like, I just want to hold on to these insecurities, you know, because these insecurities just makes me feel like grounded and humble. So mm -hmm. I'm going to holler at you next day, blessings, maybe next year. Stop it. <laughs> like, uh, stop. Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, there's a book that I'm almost finished reading. It's called uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And actually someone else I interviewed on the podcast recommended it to me and, and sent it to me, but it's talking about our upper limit problems with our belief in what's possible and how we block our own blessings by the, the negative self-talk or the actions that we take because 
subconsciously we don't believe we're deserving of those things or that we're capable of those things. So yeah, I think that is so powerful. Point is with that is that when people start really accepting their voice and not accepting the voice that people have placed upon them, mm. that's you know, you're too quiet, you're too shy, you have an accent, you're not experienced enough. You don't deserve to share your story. Your story is not, you know, sensational enough to share. And people have placed those restrictions on you. The minute you're like, no, these restrictions do not serve me. These restrictions do not benefit me. I need to start owning the voice that's within me. Mm -hmm. And when you own it, will you see that a few people might jump off and not want to connect with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you could walk away saying, I'm proud of myself. Your, mm-hmm. your voice is yours, folks. Like, I don't know how else to, sh- to, to, to sh- like, stress this point that your voice is yours. Nobody sounds like you. Nobody yeah. could speak about their ideas the way you can. And it's about trust. And the minute you trust your voice, you're basically giving your everything, your feelings, your ideas, the green light to soar. So do you want them to soar or do you want to remain grounded? All right, then stay grounded and then complain when all those other people who have less experience than you, less qualifications than mm-hmm. you, got a big old voice, go in advance. I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to hear you say, but what about me? Well, nobody can hear you because you didn't mm-hmm. say nothing. Right. How about that? <laughs> listen, you're listen, you're preaching to me right now because I remember years ago when I exited a very toxic relationship and that person when I jumped into entrepreneurship just kept saying to me, "Oh, well, you don't have the personality to be an entrepreneur or, you know, you don't have the voice to to speak to people or you don't, you know, this or you don't have that." And it took me a minute to realize that I shouldn't be listening to that person, but I started opening up and sharing my story and using my voice. And it was the impact that I was making where it canceled out the voice of that other person in my head and mm-hmm. gave me the confidence to continue doing what I am doing. And I don't, I don't care or I'm unapologetic of the parts of my story that I put out there because that's my truth. And I use that to feel empowered and empower others rather than mm-hmm. allow the narrative that someone else was telling me to hinder yeah. me or, you know, block any opportunities or things that could come my way. And the thing is, you have to be a critical listener, right? So if somebody in your most inner circle is saying, you don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur, first of all, can they back up their reason why? Can you give me three supporting facts? I do this with my husband all the time. It aggravates his soul. He'll tell me something and then he'll be like, you always do this. I go, how much is always? Can you quantify Can you tell me the last time I always did this? Was it last week? Was it last month? Was it in 2017? How many? It's always. <laughs> he just And then he just shuts up because he can't back it up. And I go, that's right. Sit down. That's what I said. <laughs> but for people, for people who tell you you can't, it's for you to use your voice and go, and why can't I? Right. Why can't I? If they can't back it up and if and maybe they're coming from a good place, like, well, you know what? Maybe you should build your experience a little bit more. Maybe you should take this course. If they can't offer you constructive feedback, then dash that person and their voice out of your life. Yep. That absolutely. is not the type of cheerleader that you need. And most likely the person who's telling you that is because they know your potential and they don't want to see you tap into it. 
So the mm-hmm. only way they could block you is by psyching you out. It's for you to have not only your outer voice to say, nah, no, thank you, but your inner voice to tell you that that person is wrong and proceed. Absolutely. When I discovered my inner voice, the biggest thing I would do when someone says, oh, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. I'm like, oh, yeah, watch me. And then Ooh, yes. excel at it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. My husband was watching um the whole uh, last dance with Michael Jordan. Now, mm-hmm. I don't care about basketball. Okay. I'm 5'11". People expect me to play basketball. I don't know where the ball goes. I don't know how to get it into the nets. I don't care about basketball. I like looking at the players, but I don't care about basketball. So he's like, oh, you should watch the last dance. And I'm like, everybody's watching the last dance. I don't care. I'm not one of those followers. Just because everybody's watching it on Netflix doesn't mean I'm going to go watch it. In fact, I'm not going to watch it because everybody's watching it. And he's like, he's like, you got to watch the last dance. I go, give me a reason why. He goes, you um, possess so many of Michael Jordan's characteristics <laughs> that when I watch it, I see you. Like somebody tells him, you can't do it. He says, watch me. Somebody mm-hmm. goes and does what he does. It pisses him off and he does it better. Do you not listen to yourself when somebody does something? You're like, oh yeah, watch me. And, you go and, do it. <laughs> and I was like, really? Is that that sounds really bad? And when I watched, I was like, okay, you weren't lying. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so tell us one thing that most people don't know about Jamila. I'm petrified of cotton balls. Really? <laughs> yes, the texture is disgusting. <laughs> oh my goodness, you sound like my daughter's father. Oh. I, oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so for, first you tell me what it is. Honestly, <laughs> like. I, this is going to sound so bad, but I'm pretty sure my ancestors were not out there because we didn't roll with this coffee. <laughs> I'm telling you, we didn't do I it. I love it. We didn't do it. <laughs> you nope. know, it's it's funny. So my 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 daughters, their their father. I mean, we met when I was like 14 years old, and we were together for eight and a half years. But for those that entire time, he couldn't touch cotton. He would be freaked out. But I could chase him with a cotton ball, and he yeah, would. You talk know what? About- <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's not cool. And you're oh, you're goodness. hissing about this anyway. No, I have to. I have moving to, on sorry. from that evilness. I am. I am like five um, foot I'm nothing. Actually, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm a fine. You know, I I already know how I'm going to come after you. It's okay. <laughs> Laugh now, but you listen. Just watch. <laughs> Another thing people don't know about me is as extroverted as I am, I'm actually quite introverted at the same time. You're an ambivert. Sure. Sure. <laughs> but my introvertedness is based off of energy. Um, so I could go to an event and I could just feel the vibe. And I'm that person who has like her drink in her hand, really like close to her mouth. And I'm on the phone, my husband going, uh, I'll be home in 25 minutes. Get my dick free. I don't like it here. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, you don't like the people? I, go, I don't like the people. Mm. And then I, and then I'm gone. Or I could be somewhere and I just feel like it's really natural and I could be myself. But yeah, I, I don't like networking events. I don't like, um, I don't, yeah, I'm very, I'm very picky. I'm a bit of an event snob. Sounds really bad, but. No, you know what, to me, that doesn't sound bad. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because I do so many events that when I come to an event that I'm not working at, if I see that there's barriers to preventing people from feeling comfortable or connecting properly, it turns me off. 
So right. I'm like, oh gosh, like I have such a high standard of what events should look like and feel like. But I remember there was one event that I went to and I was my first like out of Canada events and I brought a stack of business cards and I ended up handing out one business card. Mm-hmm. And I came back to my hotel room and I FaceTimed my husband and I was like in tears. I was like, I don't know, like, I'm like, I brought these cards. I should be making connections. I, you know, I'm not even in the US market. What am I doing wrong? And he goes, first of all, stop this crap. He's like, you didn't pay all this money to come up in your room and cry. Go do your thing outside. Secondly, he goes, you know why you don't work in certain events. So go and assess why this event's not working for you. And I realized in the time that we were supposed to um, network, they were playing trap music. How am I supposed to network during (laughs) trap music? I mean, I just, you know, so here I am beating myself up. Like I did something wrong. And meanwhile, it was their fault. So I didn't (laughs) Oh God, terrible! Uh, I totally understand. That's why I said it doesn't sound bad that you're an event snob. I mean, I too do not enjoy networking events, uh, and maybe that's the introvert in me. Where I, the small talk is, it will be the death of me. I I just can't do it. I mm-hmm. like deep conversations, and because I'm an empath, I run on energy. And sometimes you go to these events, and you can feel the energy of people, and it's not great. So I just don't want to be there. So sometimes I'll be in an event. You'll see me post something. I'm there for 15 minutes and I was out. Yep. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Precisely. I already paid parking. I already paid parking. <laughs> mm, I'm gone. Yeah. Mm. I feel you. I feel you. So, okay. What Thank other you. adversities have you had to experience to get to where you are today? And that could be in business and personal things that you've um, overcome. Yeah. So one thing I don't talk a lot about, um, partially because of some of the things that happened in the past is that my background is in education. And when I think about where most of my trauma comes from, um, in terms of really, um, understanding what my value is, um, just being connected to my self-worth, uh, using my voice, Uh, just feeling comfortable navigating certain spaces and feeling like I belong there. A lot of it comes from being in education. And unfortunately we talk a lot about bullying with our students and we don't talk a lot about a bullying as an adult. Mm -hmm. And so some of the things that I encountered, I remember in the early years of um, my education (laughs) journey, I was working in the classroom but I also had started my TV show and my TV show was my pride and joy. I got that on my own. I was producing all my content and my TV show happened to talk about disability awareness and education. So it was in alignment with me being an educator, mm-hmm. except my superiors thought it was a threat. So when I would go for job interviews and talk about my, my TV show, I wasn't getting the job. And I remember I asked one of my principals, can you give me some feedback? Like, why am I not getting these jobs? Like, what am I doing wrong? And he goes, I think you need to dumb it down. Oh. And for years, I dumbed it down. I didn't talk about my extracurricular activities. I changed my branding um, so that my name was completely different, so that it was completely disconnected from my board identity. I changed how I dressed. People would um, make comments about... Oh, don't you ever wear the same outfit twice? Um, why do you always look so done up? And I'm like, just because at first I felt really insecure about it. 
I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm making my presence. The fact that I take pride in myself, the fact that mm -hmm. I love to express myself in colors and prints makes people uncomfortable. So I started to dumb it down. I really toned down how I dressed. I went back to wearing like one color of eyeshadow instead of like four. Um, and I was doing all these things to fit in when I was choking on the inside. And right. when I finally had like this big disciplinary meeting at work, I was in front of three white women and the superintendent was a black man. And when I was questioning um, some of the comments and statements they were making, he told me in front of these women, there's no need for me to be aggressive. Oh. And something snapped in me. <laughs> something, something snapped that I was like, okay, I've been really nice. Mm -hmm. I have really calm and playing it safe and, 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 you know, making sure that other people were comfortable and not shining too much for them. But now that comment just made me snap. And somehow I was able to muster up the strength and say, please do not mistake my passion for aggression. Do mm -hmm. not. And I went off after that. I no longer tippy told about who I was and what I did because I built all of that right. by myself. No one gave me those opportunities. I built that. And for me to put it and lock it away is basically slapping God in the face and saying, you know what? Everything that you helped me achieve, mm -hmm. I'm just going to like hide it because other people can't tolerate it. So no, I decided to start tapping back into who I was, what made me, me. And that meant wearing different outfits every day, wearing my hair, how I want to wear it, wearing my makeup, how I want to wear it. And also responding when people would make certain comments before I would let it slide and now I would start responding. So when they'd say, oh, do you always wear like a different outfit every day? I'm like, you mean like you want me to repeat the same outfit in the same month? <laughs> I'm like, people do that? I didn't know that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I started to say things like that. And it made me reclaim my power. Mm -hmm. So those are things that as, again, as extra as I seem right now, as extroverted and the slayer of the mic as I, I, I put myself out there, know that once upon a time, there were years where my anxiety was so high because I was being harassed at work. I was being um, labeled at work. People were spying on my website and my tweets and my Instagram oh, and talking about behind me. I lost weight. You know what I look like. I don't mm -hmm. have weight to lose. Mm -hmm. And that's when it, it something flipped. And I was like, I can't keep this up just because other people can't take my shine. Put on some dumb, dumb some sun, sunglasses. Like yeah. this is, you're get this, whether you like it or not. So it took me, it took me a while to get back to who I am. Wow. And I'm so happy that you have, like, I always get irritated when people try to, put anybody into a box. Like I just say, I'm claustrophobic. Like you can't put me into a box. I, um, I'll, I'll suffocate. So the fact that, you know, you're trying to express yourself in your appearance and how you're showing up in the world. And they're trying to say like, yeah, you're, you're too much. And there's no reason why you should ever have to dumb yourself down for anybody else. I totally believe that the more you are your authentic self, the more that you attract people who are like you and, and repel those who are not and who shouldn't be around you. And, mm -hmm. you know, even with studying the mindset and anxiety, like anxiety is your spirit trying to tell you that it's not in harmony with the universe. It's you, you know, fighting against the vibration that you're supposed to be on. It's 
there's a, a struggle within you know your your conscious mind and your subconscious mind and it's causing this reaction within your body so i'm just like so excited for you that you've tapped into the true source of who jamila is because we need more of her (laughs) yes you know no no jelly over here straight jam (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) So no additives. <laughs> no additives required. <laughs> you talked about, you know, how you spent years building who you are with, you know, no help. So does that mean you didn't have any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? Never. Nope, I didn't. And I remember there was a time when I questioned my um if I was doing things right because I didn't. I think there was a year when mentors and mentorship became a big fad. And everybody was so quick to be like, yeah, um, I'm being mentored by so-and-so. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting shit by uh, that person over there. And I didn't have a mentor. And I was like, should I have a mentor? And I realized that my mentors were God and my mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was, Mm -hmm. those were the people who knew me best. Those are the people who I could talk to about things. Um, But I also trusted my gut. And that was my, my other mentor was, you know, going back to Pinocchio, Okay, remember Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. Little Jiminy Creek, always let your conscience be your guide. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was mine. Okay, yep. so I didn't feel the need to ask other people before me how they did it because I wasn't planning on doing it their way. I was planning mm-hmm. on doing things my way. And my way included trying it, failing, trying it, succeeding, and learning along the way. So no, I didn't have mentors. I wasn't a part of when we were allowed or heavily using the word tribe, I didn't have tribes. And that was another thing that really made me feel really lonely because I wasn't a part of these squads and I didn't have like my biz besties. And I wasn't invited to a lot of these opportunities where other women were being celebrated and showcased. And my husband's Bulgarian. He's very blunt. And I remember I told him one day, I'm like, babe, why? Like, why am I not a part of anything? Like, like, why is anybody like inviting me or asking me for my expertise? Like, I'm out here. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And he was like, in the, he was cooking. And he looked at me and he goes, I don't know how many times I need to tell you this. Women will not like you. You are a threat. You wow. do things differently. You are differently. And you will remain a threat to them. So continue doing things by yourself. Okay. I was like, damn. Your husband sounds like the ultimate coach right now, okay? Oh, God. And he's, you know, like he he wasn't playing. He goes, you're a threat. When are you going to realize that? And at first I thought it was a bad thing, but you know what? I've been writing solo. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a lot of people spit my name out of their mouth. Only this year is the first time I've ever heard my name come out of so many people's mouths. But I have been hustling. I have been building this Mm -hmm. off of minimal promotion, minimal support minimal cheerleaders. And you know what? It was sad sometimes, but look at where I'm at now. So I'm okay. Started from the bottom. Now we here. <laughs> For real. For real. I, I can swipe up now. I can swipe up. Friends. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, you spoke to intuition. I, I believe strongly in intuition, especially as women, because we doubt our intuition way too much. And that inner voice to me, my belief is that is God whispering to you. He is giving you instruction. So trust your intuition. Trust that inner voice. Be still enough to even listen to that inner voice because everybody is out here listening to those outer voices. They're listening to other people. They're listening to outside sources. 
and they don't know the vision that God has given to you. So I think it's powerful that, you know, you have looked and tapped into your intuition in a way that a lot of other people haven't because look where you are now. Yeah. And I don't even think where I am is where I'm meant to be. You know, we're always growing, but I don't predict what I'm going to do next. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never been that kind of person. When people ask me like, what's your five-year plan? I go to have my health in five years so I can have five more. Like that's always my plan. So my gut right now is like, it, it, it does guide me. It gives me little pointers. It tells me to rest. It tells me not to think just to be, and it hasn't failed me yet. And you know what? I do take advice from certain people, but I do feel like I have like a built-in like radar in my system that mm-hmm. advice comes and then my body's like, reject that. Rebuke it. <laughs> that's not for yes. us. Yes. You know, it's not for us. And it that takes a lot because if you're not as confident as you would like to be and you don't trust yourself as much, it's very easy to take advice from people who you don't know how pure their intentions are. Absolutely. And they could be telling you something. And they could be using their really um, charming, charismatic voice that makes you feel like they have your best interest at heart. And they truly don't. And they don't. Yeah. And that's not that's not being paranoid. That's just knowing that not everyone is for you. And you have to have that level of discernment to be able to hear what somebody's saying and digest it and go, do I want this in my system or not? Mm-hmm. And I feel that I've I've mastered that in the past year that I could listen to somebody and go, thank you, but no, thank you. And that doesn't make me selfish. It doesn't make me um, stubborn. It makes me connected to myself. I absolutely love that you pointed that out because that's actually one of the um, sessions that we do in mindset coaching, like even through my mentor, Bob Proctor, where he trains us that we have the ability to accept or reject every thought that comes to our head. You know, whether it's something someone told us, something that we are telling ourselves inside, we actually have the ability to accept or reject. The unfortunate part is most people will accept everything that comes to them and internalize it. You have mastered rejecting and like you said, rebuking, you know, <laughs> what you what is not for you. And that like I commend you for that. Absolutely. It I mean my mama so much. <laughs> but yeah. Of course it does, because mothers want us to do what they say, but you are using your inner compass, right? She's like, God talks to me. I'm like, you know, he talks to me too. You're not the only person (laughs) you have conversations with. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I just love how you have now not only owned your own voice and are helping other people own their voice, but your ability to tap into listening to God's voice when he's speaking to you through your intuition and through rejecting, you know, the other things that are coming your way that are not meant for you. Like Mm -hmm. I remember maybe back, I think it was 2012 after my sister passed away in 2012. And I was talking about possibly writing a book and I had someone say to me, Oh, well maybe you should test it out first and see if people will read it. And if I had listened to that person, I never, like I would not have written four books. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. making that decision to reject what people say. And like you said, sometimes it's not even coming from a bad place for them. They may feel they have a good intention, but it's really based on what they believe is possible. Not your, not you, not your beliefs. Listen, they might be, they might be placing their limiting beliefs on you. Yes, exactly. It's like they're talking to somebody who dares to think greater than them. And they're like, no, 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 no. 
you should test it out. What make, have you written a book before? Okay. Exactly. Okay. exactly. When you write one, you come and talk to me. Until exactly. then, thanks for no thanks. <laughs> and I believe that's a, a core value for me when I advise people on uh, what to look for in a mentor. If Even if it's a virtual mentor, look to someone who is doing what you desire to do. Don't just be taking yeah. advice from any and anybody. You know, if, if you want to speak on a stage, look to Jamila because she's been speaking on stages. If you are considering, you know, writing a book or publishing a book, then you can come to me, but look to the people who have done it and stop taking the advice from people who have not people who are not in the arena should have no say. Right. Right. And even then the people who've done it before, sometimes they're not even the right people because it's an energy thing too. Right. True. Very true. Yep. That person might be hungry for the opportunity you have your eye on. So right. they may they may talk you out of it. So again, it's having that ability to know what's for you and what's not for you. Doesn't matter who that person is, what their background is, how much more money they make than you, being able to say no, that doesn't mm-hmm. serve me is of it's 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 a high. It's like no, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, ah. I'm sorry, Let's- I don't like that. I am I am learning now about the empowered no, because there is no that you can say with confidence because you know it doesn't align with your mm-hmm. spirit. It doesn't align with your goals. It doesn't align with, you know, your skills and your excellence and your purpose. So saying that no is is empowering because it's making more space for the things that you do enjoy, that you do love or you should be doing rather than mm-hmm. the things that you know, you say yes to, and you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't said yes to this. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know now I don't deal with them anymore because I just say no right off the bat. I'm like, nah, it's a no for me, dog. Sorry. Right? I'm like, it's either a hell yes or a hell no. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a no. But why? It's just a no. Like, I just don't want to. I just, yeah. I don't want it. Like, I, I know, learned that from I a said what I said, mind. full stop. I ha- No, I actually learned that lying. From one of my past students who she has autism. And so mm-hmm. when she was learning how to speak, she she mastered this line of saying, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken that from her that when people offer me things like I don't want it. I don't yeah, want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Yes. I love yes. it. I no, love it. <laughs> so okay, so with all that you have had to endure and all that you presently do. What does your self-care routine look like? How do you take care of Jamila? Well, you know, COVID's really helped me get better with that because I can't go anywhere, right? So mm-hmm. it gives me more time to do facials and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also I've been shopping more than I should be. And I'm like, everything is self-care, right? I'm like, oh, I'm getting this thing, <laughs> self-care. This, self-care. I've, I've experienced burnout a couple of times so far during this COVID period. There's more time to work. And it's easy to lose sight of that. Yes. That you've worked, that you've worked for six, seven, eight, nine hours. You haven't drank that much water. You haven't eaten properly. Your eyes are burning. And so because I'm so connected to my body, it's like my body tells me you're, you're hurting me right now. Like mm-hmm. we, we need to stop. And sometimes you need people around you to remind you too. So yeah, my husband as well. He'll be yelling from upstairs. It's one in the morning gets to bed. Thank you mm-hmm. for that. I needed that. Okay, I'm on my way, but I'm definitely more mindful of what I'm eating. Um, this morning, I made like a big leafy, like green breakfast with some yogurt because I wanted something good in my system. I honor my sleep 
I'm not mm-hmm. pulling these all nighters, all these team hustle people. All right. Yeah, no. You keep not up for me. with that. You keep <laughs> up with that. Um, I need to sleep. I need my sleep. I need to eat. If I don't eat, I'm dangerous. I am not a nice person. So I need those two things. Um, and I've also been investing in things that makes me feel nice. So I'm getting facial things. I'm getting that massaging brush for my face. I'm doing these things that on the weekend, I do not book any client calls. So that's also the other thing too, is that during COVID, everybody thought, oh, look, we have all this amount of time, like all this extra time. And I literally had my calendar open from 10 to six and I Mm -hmm. had no breaks in there. And my Mm -hmm. husband, are you dumb? I was like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. So I had to like put breaks in to have lunch breaks and nap breaks. But on the weekend, I don't do calls. I don't answer emails. I don't do calls. And now I make time to sleep, to do the little self pampering. And because now that I'm in a place financially where I'm, I'm quite secure, I hired a cleaning company. Yes, girl. I can't go back. I can't go back. <laughs> yes. I saw a spill on my counter. I go, who's going to get that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who's going to do this. And my husband was like laughing at me in the beginning. He's like, really, you're going to maintain this? And now hear him. So when they come in again, oh, 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 you like this life now, don't you? You like this life. So I, I hired a, a regular cleaning company and I hired a VA. And Love I'm it. feeling like 20 pounds lighter and way more in control of my emotions and my energy. So that's what self-care looks like for me. And I'm loving it. Love it. You, you spoke to like so many points just now that were so important that I feel like people underestimate. And uh, I agree with you. I'm not the, I used to be like 10 years ago, the, the team hustle. I am now team. I need my nap <laughs> right. team. Don't bother me. <laughs> team don't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but should, I, I do want to add though, that people's self-care regime is a, is a very common asked question in interviews now. Right. Mm-hmm. I do want to tell people, please realize that one person's self-care routine is not yours. Right. It's what okay? works for you. So just because I like to take a nice little bubble bath, maybe you're not down with the bubble bath. Maybe mm-hmm. you're more down with the walk and, and binge watch Netflix. That's your definition. The key word in self-care is self. Self. <laughs> yep. Not society care. <laughs> not everybody else's care. Not what your favorite influencer does with their skin care. Have you ever, you know what I just realized? Now I'm going on a whole ass tangent right now. But <laughs> have you ever realized that we ask people for what their skin routine is? Oh my God, girl, your skin looks flawless. Well, we all do? have different we types of skin. We don't have the same skin type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ask. <laughs> Find out what your skin needs. <laughs> and that's my TED talk. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. I, I just have to say that. I realized the other day and I got so mad. I was like, why do people ask? Like, I agree with you on that one for sure. It's so good that I finally got to say that publicly. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. So totally, totally random question because I, I came across <laughs> I came across this article on Reader's Digest and it basically says what your favorite type of shoe says about your personality. And I have been asking every woman that has been on the show for the past two years. And so far it's been on point. Hopefully we don't disappoint now. So I would love to know, Jamila, do you know what your favorite type of shoe is? Is it like sneakers? Sneakers. Sneakers. 
Shout okay. out to New Balance. Speaking it out into existence, you're going to make me a future brand ambassador. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Um, <laughs> yes. I'm 5'11". I'm 5'11". I do wear heels. I do wear heels for events. I do. And then I'm like 6'2", 6'3". Um, people ask me, <laughs> why do I wear heels? Um, I'm already a giant. And I go, I, I'm taller, so I don't have to see people like you in my sight of vision. That's why I wear heels. Um, but I do wear heels. I do have an extensive shoe collection. I have more heels than a woman my height should. I have a lot of everything, but I do love sneakers. I see okay. a good sneaker and I'm like, mm, yeah, I must have it. I All love right. sneakers. So yeah. sneaker buffs get along with everyone. You are yeah. someone who relates to people much younger than you, yet also feels comfortable conversing with someone much older. Sometimes oh, you're yeah. an old soul and sometimes you're the life of the party. For... Hence, new balance. <laughs> Hence, new balance. People call them dad shoes. <laughs> For sneaker buffs, age truly is but a number because you get along with everyone. The sneaker is very versatile, a very open person willing to explore a lot of options and different ideas. They are energetic and ageless they are really not old or young and they seem to move fluidly through age specific groups come on now does that show sound me, like you show me the lie come on now come yes on. and so, if there's danger who's moving faster me or you me i'm gone <laughs> gone kitty I'll it's, see funny. You there. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I used to have this, well, I still have this obsession visually with stilettos, but I can't wear them like I used to. And I'm always really? in sneakers now. Yeah, no, I'm, I am always <gasps> in sneakers now. Always. When did that happen? I uh, probably about I'm two shook. years ago. Yeah. I, if I, I feel if like I had like to attend and Jennifer Addison breaking <laughs> up, oh if I had to attend an event now, like the heels come out, when I'm coming out of the car, like I am, I probably have Chuck's oh. on in the car. I probably have Air Max on in the car yeah. or my Vapor yeah. Max. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And then as soon as the event's done, I got keys in my hand, mm-hmm. heels in my hand and my sneakers on. I'm like, bye yeah. everybody. Yep. <laughs> just, for, just for show. Love it. Okay. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they could stay connected with you online. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Jam Gamble. I'm not going to drop my Facebook because truth be told, I hate Facebook. I don't have time for those essay posts on there. Um, so find me. <laughs> find me on Instagram and Twitter. I said what I said. <laughs> and you can also find me on my website at IamJamGamble.com. Jam is in everything because I'm that sweet. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So I will definitely have the links in the detail section so they could just don't post Facebook. With I won't you. add you. I won't <laughs> accept your request. <laughs> I will put your Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're hilarious. Okay. So the final segment of the show is just a couple quick reflection questions. I call it a walk in her wisdom. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? It have my face and then it say, I said what I said. And <laughs> because I'm me, I'd have two billboards because why have one? So one would say, I said what I said. And then the other one would say, toast is better with jam. Okay. Yes, girl. Speaking of no shade towards in agreement with you. Yes. No shade towards toast. <laughs> Total shade. No joking. 
It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. And it could be money, time, energy. Cleaning company. <laughs> Seriously, once you get once you experience that life of bouginess, you can't go back. You can't. They're hilarious. They're hilarious. And my air fryer. And my air fryer. Oh yeah, I have one of those. I, I live by my air fryer. Yeah. There you go. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? That doesn't serve me. I don't like it. No, thank you. Mm. <laughs> And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Stop biting their tongue. Trust their thoughts and really and truly feel comfortable speaking up, speaking out, talking about themselves, stopping statements like, oh, I'm aging myself here. You know, just embrace every aspect of you and Mm. and soar Mm. after doing that. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Jamila, for taking the time to join us. I truly appreciate you. This was fun. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And to all of you Faith Walkers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms, rate the show, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to join the community of Faith Walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you could think of I'm going to challenge you, three people that would receive value from hearing Jamila's testimony today. Please share it with them. Feel free to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram. You can tag Jamila at I am Gam Gamble and you can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.